Hey, Gabe. How's it going? Uh, it's going to... It's not too bad. It's it's, it's kind of warm today, and uh, to yeah, keep the, uh, to keep the sound of the uh, motorcycles out, I have all the windows closed. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's like you're uh, you're in prison or something. <laughs> My own Sorry. little. Yeah, it's not bad though. Um, I am. It, I have this beer can sweating, just kind of mocking me, saying, mm. "Open me, open me, right My, now." My cans are sweating too. <laughs> Let's get this going. <laughs> I'm gonna open this thing. It's gonna sound really cool. So this, this is uh, this is the Sam Adams Nitro Coffee Stout. This is part of their series. They did, I don't know, in the past nine months, I guess, where they nitroed everything. Yeah, Ooh. let me give that a shot. So this one, you want to kind of let it open and then let it go. Oh, yep. that's foaming out of the top. Yeah, that's. I started pouring it as start as soon as the the foam started escaping. Yeah. This looks so, good. It smells sim- good. Ooh. Similar to the um, Guinness, there's there's a little, I don't know, Guinness has a little ball. I think this one has a little thing at the bottom of the can that just injects a stream of, of nitrogen gas. Is that the technical term? A little thing? A little thing. A little yeah, thing. It's, it's like a little, <laughs> little piece of plastic at the bottom. It's basically the same idea, except it's anchored to the bottom of the can instead of the oh. Guinness one that rattles around. How does it know when to open? Well, you release the pressure, and then it causes a diaphragm to burst. Oh, broken diaphragms. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, it looks delicious. It, lo- it looks fantastic. The head that it, Nitro puts on, a, particularly on a stout, is like really creamy. Those really, really fine, fine bubbles. bubbles. Yeah, fine bubbles. The <laughs> nitrogen doesn't really dissolve in uh, gas very well. So uh, you inject it in, it goes in, and then kind of immediately comes back out and brings a lot of... Um, a lot of the beer with it and creates this really nice, creamy, foamy head. Yeah. I, I love uh, nitro beers, but I, I also love cask beers. Like, I I have no problem drinking flat IPAs. Really? I am not a big <laughs> uh, cask drinker. Uh, I don't like the kind of, I don't know, kind of a metallic taste it gets, I guess, maybe. Mm, um, never never experienced that. Maybe that was a bad line or something like that. Be, it could be. need to be. clean that sucker out. I think it, it might have to do with how long the cask is open and yeah. exposed to the air. The, the more... So ca- cask is just, they use, like, uh, they build pressure by pumping a crank that pushes the beer out down the line. So it's not really pressurized with CO2. So it's it's mostly flat and very often room temperature, which I yeah. find to be very pleasant with a pale ale. Yeah, I like pale ales with that. An IPA is not not my favorite um, with it. But so, how's this smelling to you? This smells amazing. The, it, the coffee's right there. Yeah, it's okay, right there. So, I mean, Sam Sam Adams is the middle of the road to me. Usually, yeah, me too. It's drinkable, but uh, not great. I had uh, one of their beers, which we might do on an upcoming show. I had it um, at a party recently, the Rebel Grapefruit, and it was oh, pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It was it was intensely bitter. Yeah, uh, had that over. The Rebel of, series is pretty nice. It's not bad. Um, I think they're trying to kind of uh, make themselves into a little bit more than than just middle of the road beers. You know, they're well. I think they the, they have a hard market that they're balancing between. They sell a lot of beer to people that don't like typical American beer, but like, but also don't like the really hardcore <laughs> craft beer, which is very very hoppy or weird or sour. You know, so. If they push it too far in one direction or the other, they could they could lose some of their market there. Right. I guess that's what that that rebel moniker is because I right. found that beer very bitter, um, mm-hmm. which I, I prefer. I don't. I liked it, but uh, I can see someone like you know my parents or something. Can I to, drink this latte? Because it literally yeah, looks like it. a latte at this point. Like the cream on top looks like a latte. I drew a little heart in it just for you. Okay. Hmm. Speaking of metallic, yeah. Yeah, you're right. A little metallic there. Got a little metallic flavor to it. It's okay. It's a little too astringent. It, uh, I, I have to keep in mind it's not an imperial stout or anything. It's a stout. It's a stout, but it doesn't um, doesn't have the same character that the smell had. No, the coffee is really muted. subdued. Yeah, muted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not bad. You get a little bit of a finishing sweetness, but not mm-hmm. overwhelming at all. But that creamy head's real nice. Yeah, it's, it's perfect great. for nitro. I wouldn't like if this was just a Sam Adams stout carbonated. Wouldn't like it. I don't think. I think it'd, it'd be, be a little, kind of plain. A little too sour and um, yeah, bland. How do you think it would 
it compares to a Guinness, for example? Uh, it's nowhere near as rich as a Guinness, um, although I do like the coffee overtones yeah. to mm-hmm. this. Um, I think the, the Guinness tends to be a little bit richer than this, and I, it doesn't have the... I think this actually has a, a more pleasant you know, head to it, but... You know, that's going to go away, and you're going to be left with this kind of uh, mild, astringent The aftertaste flavor. reminds me of a very lightly brewed coffee, in fact. Like, you know, I said that the, the coffee flavor is subdued, but the finish is like, um, you know, a... Uh, like an iced coffee. A, a, yeah, like an iced coffee. Like a coffee that is brewed very lightly or the, with pea berries that are have like a little bit of a sourness to them. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, it's growing on me. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of, uh, curious to see how this changes. Mine's probably a little bit too cold. Um, cause I had it in my normal refrigerator. It was in my beer fridge and I wanted to get a little bit colder and see what, what it, uh, acted like during the whole Let's see. temperature I can't, range. I can't get the temperature of, of, through the top of the beer cause the head is like an inch thick. <laughs> uh, but the glass is saying 55 degrees for me. That sounds about right. Yeah. Mine's probably around that too. Not bad. So, uh, all right. What are we doing? What are we talking about? You, you have a, you're a man with a plan. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a, an experiment that I undertook. Um, I guess I could say it started with a feeling of, uh, of a, a fearfulness, a fear. You and I have talked about it before, uh-huh. uh, which is, um, what happens if I lose my job? What ha- do I have enough to, you know, sustain us and for how long and what level of preparedness do I need? And, um, you know, all those kind of questions that, that tie up into this kind of, um, overwhelming, not overwhelming, overriding <laughs> feeling of fear <laughs> of uh-huh. like, I have not prepared well. Are I don't you a know. Prepper? Uh, are, you, are you a prepper? Not a prepper. Are you out there building a compound? No, I would be broke if I did that. Um, but it is—it's more of a mental prepper in a way, um, because I think deep down, and my wife had said this before, is that there's probably not a lot that we have to worry about as far as experiencing financial ruin, I guess. But there's yeah, this, but you're pretty happy with your life right now. You know, yeah, <laughs> you don't want that to go away. Exactly. But there's also this question of um, the life that I have. Uh, does it have to be this life in order for me to be happy? Right. Cause that's, mm. that's the other side of that. Like I'm pretty happy right now, but I could probably be happy with less. I know I could be happy with more, but could I be happy with less? And I think that less draw, what? It, that's a less of everything. I guess less of everything, less, yeah. less bathroom things. breaks. No, less. no. Okay. Less okay. things that money buys. Um, ah, and that is, so uh, less money, less money. Yes. But that with that comes less time and things like that, depending on, you know, what happens. Right. So I guess what I tried to do, um, is we are coming back from a trip where I was, of course, voicing all of these, like, but how do we know? And what would it be like? And, uh, you know, all of these kind of what-if scenarios, my wife was like, well, why don't we just do an experiment? And, you know, I'm like you. I enjoy a good experiment. Um, so the experiment was, um, if my wife was the uh, only person uh, with the job... Well, not, let me put it this way. If she was the one who kept her job and I lost my job, what would happen to our, our situation? What's the impact on your what's life? The impact? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the total impact on our life and how would that look? And what would it be like? And would it be terrible or would it be fine <laughs> so or this whatever? This is like a little war game. Right? It was. Where you, where you simulate the scenario. Simulate the disaster. S- see how it plays out and uh, whether or not you were prepared. Exactly. And interesting. So you are a prepper. <laughs> yeah, this is prepping for sure, but it's not, you know, 14 cans of beans in the basement prepping, you know? Okay. okay. All right. Um, what do you think about that? How dumb is that idea? Uh, well, it depends on how much hardship you put on yourself. I mean, don't literally make yourself go through the worst possible experience, but I would say, yeah, that's a, that's a great experiment to see how much you can cut back and uh, get an honest view of what that cutting back means. Because sometimes, like, I'll sit down and say, well, I'll just cut all this stuff and we'll have a ton more money to put into savings. And then I go through and I'm like, 
calculate what we could cut and how much it saved. I'm like, that's not that much, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to cut our internet access because that's how we do our jobs. So that's out. Uh, We can cut some very minor expenses, but you're only talking maybe a hundred bucks a month. Yeah, that would help in some regard, but that's not going to make a huge difference to to, uh, what we do. So I'm curious how this worked out for you and what your conclusion was. Yeah, so um, one of the tools that I used, which I was very disappointed it kind of changed in the middle of my experiment, uh, was, was using YNAB. Oh. It makes mm. me, makes me grit every my time. teeth every time. <laughs> every time I bring it up, mm. I, I get a little salty. Um, but I was using that as the main tool to determine um, what my budget buckets looked like. And we had a year, we had almost two years of, of YNAB experimentation with that kind of envelope budgeting technique to see what are, to a fairly accurate degree, what do our, uh, our monthly buckets look like? Right. And by in envelope budgeting, just, just for clarification, in case people aren't uh, famil- familiar with envelope budgeting, that's where you kind of decide up front this is how much I'm allowing myself to spend on these things. And then you draw from that category as you spend, and then it should basically equal zero at the end. Correct. If there's money left, then you over budgeted and that should, should go into savings. And if there's not enough, then you under budgeted and you have to re kind of readjust for the next month or decide if you're going to readjust. Yeah, so you're exactly. only spending from the amount that you've given yourself to spend from. Right. And what it does is it gives you a series, sometimes a long series, in my case, of of little buckets that you um, spend towards. So there are buckets like work lunches, um, uh, restaurants, uh, beer and whiskey, obviously something that you need. Um, apps and software, which is one that is, you know, kind of always there. You don't really think about an app when it's a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, but when you buy a bunch of them in a month, it really does add up. So, Uh um, you know, I put that in there and then we got monthly bills and non-monthly bills. And I have a a thing called true expenses, which is stuff that is non-monthly and non-targeted, but you still have to spend money on it. Yeah. Right. And what about like internet services? That that's one that always catches me off guard where it's like, uh, Oh, Dropbox. Oh, this service, oh the the oh, um, like the uh, not not internet my, services, but like not your not your internet, but things that run yeah, off the internet, yeah. Like technology services, like the, there's Netflix, which maybe you put that in entertainment, but then there's things like um, you know file sharing services and stuff like that that you might participate in, in a Plex membership, or I guess that's yep. not renewing, but think you know all these kinds of things that. They, those are not a dollar each. Those no, are, they those aren't. are big bucks and those really can add well, up. Well, you know, too. what's funny um, is I have a, an, a, a, a thing called subscriptions, which is where all that stuff goes. Like every right. subscription yeah, goes sure. in there and they are internet related or not internet related. And what I find interesting is when you put them in a bucket called subscriptions and, and, and uh, itemize them all, uh, YNAB and I'm sure other things also tell you, here's what's budgeted per month for this little fiasco that you're brewing. Um, a little fiasco. <laughs> yeah. You mean things that have like an annual subscription that tells you per month? Well, that's the way I do it. Uh, so yeah, if Dropbox okay. is $200 a year, I would put in each month into that envelope enough so that when that bill comes due, there will be it's enough in there. To, yeah, yeah exactly. that's the other thing. You're not supposed to spend the money left in that envelope, really. It's supposed to be supposed allocated to kind of, for things. Exactly. Like you're drawing off of it for the whole year. Right. So if, for instance, um, I have a subscription for giantbomb.com and it's $49 a year, I'm putting in around $4 a month and Mm -hmm. it slowly adds up over time until it adds up to 49. And then I stop budgeting into that bucket uh, and, you know, I'm good to go. But that, the, the idea there is that when that bill comes due or it's time to renew, I've already saved up the money. There's no, you know, hassle. Or, yeah. or like okay, we've talked about expense. this a little bit before. Yeah, so, so tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, the consequences and what maybe maybe you learned from <laughs> from this. Well, I'm, so- I'm super curious about it because I've thought about doing this at a really in a serious way. You know, not just the hey, let's see if we can cut our grocery bill down a little bit. Like that's not really serious. Yeah, this was this was much more. 
because I've done that in the past, and I think that's how I've come down to these envelope sizes, right? So it's like, let's keep cutting. Oh, we went a little bit over. Maybe I should allocate a little bit more next month, et cetera. This, this experiment was much more like, so what we did is we took my wife's salary, and we said, and, and I, well, okay, the first thing I did is I went through my budget and said, what can I cut? How mercilessly can I cut this stuff and not live like a hermit? You know, not live like a prepper on on two cans of beans right. a day. You still want to go. You want to go out and have fun and yeah. spend time with your family and do fun things. Right. So we don't want to have vacations. Exactly. So we don't want to you know live like monks, but at the same time we don't want to kind of just do this this willy nilly spending. So and, and to clarify, you you chose not to go the extreme saver route. You're not eating out of trash cans. No, you're not. not you're doing not doing that. that kind of stuff. You're not trying to eat off of 15 cents a day. No, we're trying to basically say, what is a reasonable level of, of expectation um, that we can see with, with looking at these budget buckets and say, okay, reasonably, how, how low can we cut this? Like, if it's um, something like restaurants, those are that's very much a nice-to-have type of thing. How much can you cut that? Is it just twice a month you're going to go out or yeah. is it, you know, you know, more or less than that. Okay. And we had had budgets for these things before. So it's a matter of saying, okay, on average, we spend this much. That's what the bu- budget now looks like. Let's cut it another quarter or something like that. But so, your, your in your end goal is to figure out if you could survive if you, if one of you lost your job. Or Basically, that's it. Um, if or did, change your career, or, or change yeah, or change your career. So the issue was that um, for all the expenses that we had, even after cutting, my wife's job would not be able to comfortably carry that budget. The next okay. question was: Gotcha. If that's not possible, what is the least amount that I would have to earn in a job in order to make up the difference? If for some reason I lost my job, right? So, right, because it's an e- easy mathematical experiment. <laughs> to just say right. salary equal take home equals expense equals therefore we can't we can't lose one incomplete salary and still still be okay right now that said there's all these other things that i learned which are logical when you sit back and like detach and look at it but there's a lot of things that happen if i lose my job right to my budget specifically uh, gas expenses, fuel expenses are going to be much lower because right now I drive two hours a day, right? So fuel expenses will be lower. Um, do we need to keep two cars, you know, if one of us has a job and the other one doesn't? Or would I get a job locally and we would share a car? So there's a lot of expenses you can save there. Um, there's the question of um, uh, I pay tolls every day. So that toll stuff goes away. Um, like there are things that when I take into consideration what happens when I'm no longer working where I work now, there's all of these follow-on effects that, that, that occur. So I was trying to quantify those as well. And so what, what kind of shook out at a very high level is if I were to lose my job, I would still have to get another job, but it would be a kind of really low-key type of job. Right, how low how low can you go? Yeah, exactly. With that salary, and that was really a matter and, of. And this this assumes uh, sh- your wife is able to carry the benefits. Yes, right? my wife is carrying the benefits, and that also means that what is the lowest we can go without saving money, right? So, so it would be a, have to be a temporary state of here's how low that number actually is, which means right. that if it's above that, you're saving money, right? You know what I mean? Like um, if I have to get a, you know, a 10K a year job or something like that, flipping burgers, anything above that and we're saving money or whatever. So th- those are kind of some of the things that we're okay. looking at. Um, it was a really interesting experiment to do. I think a few things came out of it. Um, one of them is it's very doable, obviously, without being miserable. Like we were, we we didn't cut things out so much that we were going to have a, a a really hard time. And you actually lived like this, right? Yes. This okay. wasn't so, just right. a thought experiment. Right. You so, really lived this way. So from, for how long? From December uh, until last month, we were living like that. So about about five to six months, I'd say. Um, and you know that included um, Christmas holidays. You know that kind of spending. Um, it included a, a lot of things, but I think w- what was very helpful with having a budgeting 
application to do this is it would say, here's how much you have budgeted this month. And what I did in the very beginning of this was say, here's how much my wife is making. Here's how much I would, you know, I would have to make to make up this difference. And it gave me a number that was a target, right? So every month, as long as I was at that target or under, it meant that the success, you know, a successful, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down as to whether the, the budget was working or not. Um, and I would say up until the last month, we were under every month, um, which was good. And this was something I couldn't just do myself. I mean, my wife had to buy into this oh, whole sure. idea and all yeah. that. But I, for her, it was much more uh, peace of mind for her as well, right? Because she knows, and you know, we talked about it here, uh, you and I both have pretty stressful jobs. And she's always like, well, wouldn't it be nice if you could just take it, find a job someplace that wasn't as stressful? Like, would that, how much would that be worth to you? Right. That was the other part of the equation. Right. Which is um, if I were to uh, leave my job, it would have to be something, you know, ideally that would be much lower stress. Um, And how much is that stress worth to me? Right. Because it introduces other stresses. Which is why we did this experiment, right? My thing is, <laughs> sure, why not? I'll quit and I'll I'll become a woodworker and I'll make, you know, how much would I make a year? And then the question was always, how do I know that I would make enough that we would be able to, you know, and then have, what is enough? Life? Yeah, that, that's how that was really the question. What is enough? Yeah, and that's the question that we are exactly trying to answer with this experiment, mm-hmm. which is how much you is said enough? You wanted to buy a new MacBook, and so you you Oof, ended the experiment. That's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I was Sorry, thinking inside information. No, there. that's actually a really awesome point, though, because those are the kinds of things that just get they just go out the door. Like that stuff, right? Won't, that's that can't that's a no go, right? You you just you're not buying a Tesla. You're not buying. A well, it even is just be beyond that. It's like I wouldn't be able to under the current budget rules. Uh, buy a new car, buy a used car. Like if right. I trade my car in, there's only it would have to be under a certain amount of money. And so I think a, a part of the experiment that was useful is that um, you need to have a pot of money saved up <laughs> because in this budget experiment, there was not a lot of extra going into the savings, right? That That was kind of the whole point. Like what is the minimum that we could live on in this scenario, well, what if we needed a new roof that was twenty five thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Um, where does that come from? Like, if I if I'm not making enough to save, that's not enough to finance a loan to put a new roof on. I think that's also something that, particularly as a homeowner, catches people off guard is we, the word savings, right? Yeah, I'm saving for this whatever mythical thing happens in the future where I need money for. But then, like, owning a home, they're not mythical. It's really, like, you you will have to fix a roof. There will be something you have to repair. And if you haven't saved, then that means now the value of your, your house is going down the whole time that you have a hole in your roof or something right, like that. Right. And it has these other bang-on effects to to your financial well-being, right? So that means that the the money that you spent to, to pay for your house is now worth less because you got a big hole in your roof and you need to take care of it. It's just all these things, it's not as cut and dried as I knew it wouldn't be, but I think it was a really uh, a good experiment to do for the questions that it didn't answer. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. You figure out where the holes still are. Exactly, and, and, and you get further and further. The more data you collect, the further away you get from that. Just like fantasy of sure, I could quit my job anytime; it'd be fine. We would tighten our belts. The whole, the whole like fantasy of belt tightening being this thing that you just physically do, and everything's fine. Uh, the in reality, that like that could mean, yeah, your kids aren't getting Christmas presents, or you know, you're not throwing a big birthday party for them, or you know, the, like just really. Small things that actually all add up to just overall family well-being and happiness. Right. And, and so you start, I started thinking about what does that look like? Uh, how much of the happiness that I have is related to how much I can spend? And that's a really uh, sobering question because it makes you start thinking about your values, you know? But Jeff, didn't you know you can't buy happiness? Yeah, yeah, sure, Gabe. Um, 
No, but it's, it's actually... I hate tr- that expression so much. It was invented by people that were born rich, I think. Exactly, <laughs> like, right? seriously. Like, I, I don't think money's the end-all be-all, but I remember being pretty darn poor, and it sucked, and it was a lot easier when uh, the times my parents had more money, and they could afford to actually pay bills and things like that. It, it, don't fool yourself. Money buys a good amount of happiness. Well, I think that at least affords you opportunities to have more happiness. Well, I I think the, the, the flip side, it's kind of not the flip side. It's track two. It's on the same side. Um, (laughs) is, is that, uh, money reduces your fear and worry, not just your happiness, but it, for me, and maybe I know a lot of people who are just kind of free and easy and they're not that worried probably also have a lot of money. Um, but uh, it's the fear of what if our roof goes, um, are we taken care of? Like money to me is a counterbalance to that fear. And so this experiment was one half of it, which was at a month to month level, can we do okay? But then there's a bigger question to me, which is, um, a a much more of an overriding thing, which is, you know, how much money do we need to have saved in case that, you know, bad worst case scenario where I lose my job or whatever, like how much do we need to have saved to be able to stabilize and recover from that without having, you know, not be able to make a house payment or something like that. Um, And that is much more of a, an an amorphous thing. I mean, not totally amorphous because you can do some math. Yeah, I mean, it's still all a simulation right now because oh, it is. it's it's easy it's easy to do these experiments when you actually don't have the fear of like your house being foreclosed on because you could exactly. always at any time say ah, I'm done with this experiment because this thing happened and we need to get all new tires on our car or you yep. know the, experiment the engine over. blew up or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. This experiment over but something caught my attention you you were you said oh i could uh i could make furniture or something like that yeah but even even those types of things have costs associated with it that you don't like it's easy to fantasize about planning it out like you have to buy equipment you have to buy raw materials and then you buy hardware and maybe you know you you do teach yourself but there's advertising costs or like all kinds of stuff that goes into just starting a new business even yeah, that yeah, you have to be prepared for right. Like, but I, I guess even at the at the other side of that, um, that that equation is that there are things that money can't change, which is time based things. Right? If I'm working a job that's going to pay less, I may be working still the same amount of hours, just making less. Right? And I don't have a <laughs> yeah. whole lot of free and time it, right now. And it could also be just as stressful. Exactly. Like, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And I know people who don't have a ton of money and they work their ass off. Right? And and they work. They have to work weird hours because you're in yeah. a job pool that uh, requires that. Right? So I might, this is my fantasy of making furniture, which is not really my fantasy, but I'm just, let's just take it as it is. Well, when does that happen? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so, and, and it might be that I need to have a second job in order to make up the difference. Well, now I don't have time for any furniture making, right? Because I'm working two jobs to to make less money. So, and that's where the reality is, as opposed to the experiment. But to me, the experiment was much more around just raw numbers. Can we do it? And what does that mean? And I had a counterbalance, which is I still have my job, right? So the money that we were saving was going initially into savings because yeah. of this experiment, which was helpful and also helped to reduce my anxiety and fear about, you know, the unknown, which, you know, that's just what I worry right. about. So <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you learned through this process that were easy to cut? What was harder to cut? Anything surprising well, I think, come out of this? Uh, I think the things um, that were most eye-opening revolved around unexpected expenses that I thought I had covered. You know, like I created this budget with things like auto expenses and saving, you know, putting a a bit in each month so that when I had to pay to get the car fixed, I had enough there. Or there was, um, uh, you know, there was a, there was a envelope, a budget envelope for everything that required money. Like I thought I had prepared that very accurately 
and we were still missing things. Um, things that we had to buy for the house. And it wasn't like, yeah. a, maybe we shouldn't buy it because we're doing this budget experiment. It's like, and and honestly, there were some things towards the end, which is like, are we willing to sacrifice the fact that we want to have a garden this summer because I'm doing this experiment? That's a killer right there. You know? Gardens can be very expensive. And they're timely, right? Like yeah. I'm doing this six-month experiment. Um, does that mean that she's got to start a garden uh, a month late, which means, you know, well, Obviously. that's not really an, a good experiment then, yeah. because now now you devise the experiment around the results you want to get, right? Right, and exactly. But at the same time, she wanted to have a garden, so that's one of the reasons why the the, the experiment kind of ended. But it was also an eye opener because it's like you know there are these experiments, you are these expenses. Envelope now, yeah. I need a, we and we created <laughs> no, one. really, yeah. We that cre- stuff's expensive, like just fertilizer. Uh, like lawn care mulch, stuff is far um, more expensive stuff, than you. Yeah. yeah, mulch. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think we spent like $900 on mulch last year or something like that. Yeah, it adds like up. Like it's crazy the, the stuff that goes into these leisure time activities. Anybody says that they garden to save money? No, that's the same people that say they make beer to save money. Unless you have an actual functional farm. <laughs> if you're just doing right. it at home and in your uh, little raised beds, it, you're not saving you know, saving money. I mean, I think there's a certain amount of satisfaction you may have. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but then you're being, you have to be honest about it, right? It's, it's, it's a hobby and you do it for fun and it's not really a, I think there's a lot of justification that goes into certain, certain things. Like when I was making furniture and I was like, Oh, look at how much money I saved making these bookcases after I bought $2,000 worth of, of tools and wood tools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of in that same boat. So here's another one. Um, business expenses. My wife, uh, travels for work sometimes. And, um, even though we had a travel expense, a business expenses bucket, um, if she had to go up twice as much as I had allowed for it, she's, she gets it reimbursed f- yeah. from work. But the issue is like, if I had actually no money, that, where does that come from, right? That's just right. you floated on a credit card. Well, now yep. I'm worried about floating on a credit card. Like now you got to pay the interest. Now you got to pay interest, <laughs> right? So this stuff is a uh, it, it it sucks, but you need to take it into <laughs> consideration. And um, and what about and this? These are very much nice to have. Like I could live for quite a while and not buy apps, but if there is an app that I want to try, um, and I feel like it's going to help. In work, well, again, the experiment is as if I had no work. So should I spend this software, yeah. which I wouldn't need if I didn't have a job anyway? You know what I mean? Like, how do I how do I manage those gaps in the budget? Um, and so I just kind of, my, my apps and software budget is only like $15 a month. So what if there's a $39 app I want to buy? You know, That's, that's a tough, tough uh, road to travel there. I've, I've done that before. We're like, oh, that's it. I am tired of like wasting money on apps that I end up never using. I'm setting my budget to something ridiculously low. And then there's like a big update of a piece of software I use all the time. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, exactly. There's a a Hazel update or an Alfred update or, you know, some some major piece of software that I'm like, I really want that bad. But that is another experiment that I think is worth trying. Um, which is de- kind of depriving yourself of immediate satisfaction. Oh, that's the, a, the boy. I'm bad at that experiment. The, but yes. the like, I want this, and then like allow yourself to enjoy the fun of thinking about getting it or doing the thing or whatever. But then just say, I'm not letting myself spend spend any money on this for you know, X number of days. I'm not allowing myself to do it and then come come back and decide if you still want it. That That's something I try to do with myself and it's really hard. It's really hard. So one of the parts of this experiment is my wife and I both have these fun money buckets. Um, and my uh, my taste for video games is well documented in this podcast oh, and elsewhere. That, that'll kill your budget that right That kills there, your budget, man. right? So what I was having to do, which is very much what you were just talking about is say I have a hundred dollar budget, right. For whatever I feel like getting. And that includes, you know, coffee or, you know, anything that's frivolous. Oh, so it's a, it's a big fun budget. It is a like, fun, it anything is, that I'm doing is just for totally me. totally frivolous. Yes. 
but not just games, not just software. It is all stuff. And, like well, anything that I just want to spend money on that's not for the family or whatever. So it can oh, be okay. games. So just or, for yourself. Yeah, just for myself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my wife has a similar one. So if I buy a video game and it's sixty dollars, now I only have forty bucks for coffee for anything else in the month. And yeah. if I want to buy a game that just came out, it's like, well, I can do two things. If I really want to get it now, because all my friends are playing, I can borrow $20 from next month. That is cheating. Which makes, <laughs> you know, next month only $80. Um, That's totally cheating. It is cheating. But I can spend more now. But it, it bottom line is, like, next month I'm spending less money, right? Uh, so it is... It, in, in theory, until you borrow from the subsequent month and down the road, and that that's how gamblers get into that debt. That is, but if you say, I have zero this month to spend because I've spent $20 extra for the last four months or something like that, then you have nothing to spend that month. There's yeah. just nothing you can do mm-hmm. as long as you stick to that. Um, I'm notoriously bad with that. I mean, there is a, you know, there's a knife every once in a while you got to buy and that's just how it is. Uh, <laughs> I didn't bring up the knife. I didn't bring up the new knife. <laughs> I had to say, well, that it's was, al- it's almost like you ending your experiment was like you winning the lottery. <laughs> I noticed you're like, yes, the experiment's over. Yeah, new it was knife. Like she I'm got some gardening stuff and I got a knife. Everything's awesome. <laughs> Um, so it does bring up things, uh, like the new computer. We talked about that briefly. Um, new computer is, it's a tough one. Uh, I bring it up because, um, this is the second half of the experiment, which is if I didn't have this job, what job would I want? And how little would I need to make doing that job? Right. So that's the, that was the other a computer. Yeah, well, part of it is, you know, getting back into programming, you know, that, that you, that's something you could feasibly do anywhere and you can be flexible with how you work and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I'd need a computer. I have a little MacBook Air right now that's uh, about four years old. So uh, that's not going to really cut it very easily for Xcode. So that's that's the impetus for the saving for the, for the new computer. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if I was reducing my, you know, savings to such a point that I couldn't save for something like that, I, I would never be able to get one. Um, in this case, we both got bonuses, and my bonus went towards a computer. I just kind of earmarked that money in the budget and said, "I'm going to." Oh, you don't do set a, a monthly envelope? I was going to ask what your monthly envelope is for a new computer. Yeah, I didn't do it that way. I just did the. We got a budget back in January, February, and I just said, "Okay," because I didn't have. I just figured I wasn't getting one at that point, yeah. you know? And I said, well, let's just earmark part of this. Cause after that was many conversations around what did I want to do? What did I even want to start down the road of doing? And part of it was this development experiment. Sure, so, sure. so I just kind of set that money aside. Um, and it's just been sitting there <laughs> waiting for the new computer to kind of the one that I want to kind of pop up and, and say, buy me, um, which you and I have gone back and forth. You and know. you don't have to budget for your iPhones. So you get those through work. I get those work. through work, so that's not but an issue. But if you change jobs, you then have to budget for them or not get new iPhones. Exactly. Right. That's another good live, point. Live like an animal. Yeah, live like an animal with a flip phone or something like that, uh, or an Android. No, I don't think I'd do that. I just have no phone before I had an Android. Um, so, yeah, that that's, those are the two kind of competing sides of this experiment, which is how little can we live on, and based on how much you know, I need to get, what kind of jobs can I take? And and it really did, I guess the result of this thing um, alleviated some fear and exacerbated others. <laughs> um, the stuff that it alleviated was, yes, I actually think that I could probably, we could probably live just fine, uh, you know, with not a whole lot of changes. It's, it's um, not going to be great, but it's doable. Right, survive. You'll yeah. be able to keep your house. Yeah. You'll survive. We'll be able to keep the house. We'll be able to keep expenses up. But then not we'll a whole survive lot. long enough to get an, a new plan. Yes, right. That, that's really the key. Is like so much of my anxiety is about just the like I need time to think things through, and I know how things go sideways real fast. Right. So. And, and so, how do you handle that kind of feeling of do I have enough saved to give me time to, to think it through. Well, I don't know if this is practical advice for everybody. Uh, I, our first goal 
when uh, when our kid was born and we bought a house was to save one year of one salary. And so a year's worth of buffer in in the bank is a pretty good alleviator of concern, meaning you ha- you'll have a year to figure out your next job or whatever's going on. And then that always should stay there. So even the course of like, you know, we're building this, we're building a new house and moving and all that. Even that was predicated on us maintaining the year buffer. So it was all on top of that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's something I've heard in many quarters. Um, and it's something that I I thought about and I thought, well, that sounds logical, but I took it a little bit further, which is not what is one year of um, one person's salary, but it is really what we did is I took those budgets, which is saying we can live on this much, right? This is all our expenses. This is all of our envelopes, right? Multiply that by 12. And that is the amount of money that is the yearly salary. It's not just what we've made. It's actually what our expenses are. What your savings and what you're putting in savings and everything too? No, I backed out all the savings. Okay. So I said- So you're not including the additional savings. So that- that essentially should be less than one or more than one salary, but less than two salaries. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly what it would okay. came out to. And then we said, yeah. okay, based on that amount, how much time do we want to have, you know, allotted to take that into consideration? And, and a year is good. I think a year is something to build towards, but I think that's, like you said, that's not something everybody can just do. Um, but well, I. Well, that took planning. I couldn't do it for most of my life. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and I, I just got to say, like, the whole reason that I'm able to do it now is because I made really terrible decisions for the first half of my life and didn't plan and didn't, didn't give myself a buffer and slept on floors and uh, didn't have places to hang my clothes and things like that. So this is, this is all informed based on poor decisions, not because I'm some expert in something. Right. But I think that's, um, it, it's it's something to aspire to, right? And I know a lot of people who just live very modestly, frugally, and just, you know, they seem to me perfectly happy. Um, and then when, when you say, like, what's your saving situation? They're like, oh, like, yeah, we have a, at least a year of both of our salaries saved up. And I'm like, yeah. damn, that's mm-hmm. amazing, you know? Because that right there is the ultimate kind of fear deterrent because it would not take a lot for, and there's also some realities to this. One is it's very unlikely that we're both going to lose our job at the same time. There's the other thing, as I mentioned before, about the fact that you've lost, either one of you have lost your jobs means that there's certain changes to the expenses that are going to be fairly hard to quantify, although I tried to do it as part yeah, of the experiment. Yeah, but I would try not to overvalue those. Like the, those, those are, you're counting those as like positive changes to offset some of the negative. I think that's a little wishful thinking because if you're hunting for a job you're going to be driving around a lot and there's you know you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. you can't really just say oh well look how much i'm going to save by not working that's like what was it my dad used to say we'll save you know when things go on sale we'd go out and buy you know go shopping his expression was we'll save money no matter how much it costs <laughs> yeah exactly right? right it's like well that really doesn't work that way you can you can deduct it if you want but well i think if you deduct a portion of it it's it's accurate. I mean, what I was trying very hard to do is come up with a number that made sense, right? Uh, because I think my my free previous attempts were not they they weren't logical, right? They were just more aspirational. Yeah, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, sure, that that feels right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. sure that'd be close enough. That'd yeah. be fine. Yeah, totally fine. And I and I didn't want to leave it like that. I said, this is the one where I want to make sure because, in, like I said, in the past I've done that, and I and I left the experiment not feeling. I left the exercise at that time it was an experiment. I left that exercise thinking I'm not really sure if I feel better. Yeah, or or that. Uh, 
or you think that you, you made yourself feel better, but in the back of your mind, you're always like, well, I'd, I'd actually have more money than what I calculated. I, it, I, it wouldn't be that bad. Right. Like, exactly. Because I didn't take into account other things. I'd, I'd, I'd have more money than that. Exactly. That's exactly the thinking. <laughs> which, is, which is that wishful thinking of like, oh, if things really go bad, I'll just go ahead and win the lottery. Yeah. You know, it, it's this feeling of, I'm sure I'd be good. You know, I'm sure we could live on my wife's salary. I'm sure it'd be fine. And then when I started doing the math, I'm like, I don't think we could live on her salary, at least not the way we do now. Like, <laughs> well, no, there would that, have to be some it. major there's changes. A, there's a second experiment you could do, which is the actual let's live just on her salary and do whatever it takes to do that. Yes, that would right? be a much more That drastic. is another experiment that is worthwhile, but uncomfortable for not just you, but your entire family. So everybody has to be on board with that. But what, what it might mean was to take that amount of just her salary and bump that up against those expenses and say, okay, say, I'm just going to use made up numbers because I don't know what they are, but say, say that is um, $5,000 a month or something like that. And our expenses are $6,000 a month. Is it possible to cut another $1,000 a month? And, and actually do that And cut. actually do it. Like, is that possible? Like, or what does it even... Is, if, it, if it's possible, try it and see what it looks like. You know, because I'm sure it's possible. But is it possible at the expense of dropping backup services or dropping... Yeah. You know, I mean, I look through this list and it's kind of disgusting i mean it's like <laughs> well uh if you if if uh truth be told if i went through my coffee beer and l l going out to lunch budgets i'd feel pretty pretty bad right now yeah, I, I yep. would prefer not to feel bad today it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day but <laughs> I yes go out, right. have a picnic with my family <laughs> i don't want to be a little bag of guilt floating around out there well so. i think part of this was me coming to grips with that guilt though Right. I mean, part of this is me saying, if I'm not willing to cut that extra $2 out of my budget, right? So PSN, PlayStation Network, it's $50 yeah. a year, right? So that's like two to three bucks a month, something like that. I have this saved up, so I'll do the math. Um, if I'm not willing to give that up, and when you see it as like two, two to $4 a month, it's not a big deal. Like that's... But it's Less. 50 bucks a year. I mean, yeah. that's that's not chump change. I, you, a good way to categorize that is if you really were crunched, $50 a year would buy your kid a nice birthday present. Right. And on the flip side, 50 bucks isn't that much in the larger scope of things. And the amount that I, the amount of enjoyment I get from that 50 bucks, does that counterbalance me cutting it? Yeah. You're right. So I for something like that, I would probably keep it. Whereas something like... Um, Sane box, which I use to manage my mail, or coffee subscriptions, which is just a lot of money that just, yeah. you know, that, that would go. And I like coffee so much, but I feel so guilty every time I see the bill come through, like every week for my coffee. Well, you know, I delivery. actually, that was one of the first things I cut during the experiment, and it, it was misery. <laughs> it was absolute misery. Um, and what I actually found was it just shifted the expense to our groceries budget because then my wife would get me coffee, um, which wasn't like Folgers or something like that. And then it, there wasn't a it's huge about, price difference. It's about difference. half the price. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was still freaking expensive, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and so I just felt like I was cheating anyway. I, so I actually ended up subscribing well, that, that's the one it. that killed me when I, when I didn't subscribe. I would just go out and buy a cup of coffee during the day when I was at work and stuff like that. Like first thing I do in the morning is stop and go and get a cup of coffee. Right. It's like, well, this I didn't isn't have the good stuff. So I'm just, this gonna... isn't in the spirit of what I was intending. Cause now I'm spending more. <laughs> so. No, I mean, that's it. I mean, and it's really, um, I mean, these are the kind of the, the eye opening things. Would I continue to su subscribe to news blur? How about Amazon Prime? That's like a hundred bucks a year, right? Like, if there's a lot of them, man. I, I, you know what? I actually just had the BitTorrent Sync renew, and I was like, I never even used that. Yeah, so. exactly. But it's just something like Amazon. Like, am I going to keep buying enough stuff to make that free shipping worthwhile if I don't have any money? Probably not. So. Well, that's a that's a great point. And if you if the other services that you get with it aren't really worth it, like the video and music service and stuff like that, then uh, that's a big one you can cut yeah. out, right? And yeah, and that's... that over top of is that worth more than Netflix? I don't think See, so. Netflix is one like 25 days of the year, 25 days of the month 
I like regret that I have a Netflix subscription. And then five days, I'll be like, man, this is great. The new series, this new series is awesome. I power through it and then it's done. Right. Well, and my then wife, I don't watch it again. You know, my wife three works weeks. from home. So she tends to like watch a show just kind of in the background. And she watches a, a lot of Netflix, a lot more Hulu, than I would. And Hulu is the one that I think I would, I would keep to the bitter end now. I can't believe that. I am so that. happy with Hulu. Like I, I got the premium subscription, so there's no commercials or anything. Does it? It has none? so many shows on it. So it has no no uh, no commercials. commercials at all. No, nothing we watch has a commercial in it, hmm. it which is awesome. How so much is it a month? We, it's like fifteen a month, right? With no ads. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, but it, it has so many TV series and. The movies aren't great, but frankly, neither are the Netflix movies. Like, they're not great. Yeah. Well, so, you know, while we're talking about all these little kind of budget expenses, um, HBO Now is something that I took a principled stand, as I tend to do, saying that if they ever released a subscription thing that was, you know, separate that from you cable, would pay for that it I would pay for it and be you've happy. You've been asking it for years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but literally the only thing that we've watched on it is Game of Thrones in the last couple of years because we just don't have a lot of time to watch TV. Yeah, we did it. We did it for a month and then decided we weren't using it. So we're waiting till Game of then this this current season is done. I'll get it for a month so my wife can catch up and then we'll cancel it again. Yeah, I'm wondering if we do the same thing because that's that's 16 bucks a month and I I feel like I've had it for as long as it's been out. And I've paid my dues for to you know to make myself feel better. Are there going to be things that I miss on HBO? Really, only Game of Thrones. <laughs> Apparently, I think I think Silicon Valley was a yeah. great show in season one, but I've forgotten to watch the last season, two seasons. I don't even know. Yeah, I th- I think that's that's one that uh, I've come to terms with Netflix over time because I've slowly whittled down my subscription from the old DVD days. Like when, like I had right. the, whatever the top level was, like three or four discs at a time and then slowly cut that back. And then now I'm online only, like I only yep. streaming. It's like seven so. bucks a month, nine, nine bucks a month. Something and like it that. doesn't seem like that much, especially when you compare it to like what a video rental is now on iTunes. I mean, holy crap. Everybody wants $5 for a 24 hour yeah. rental. Yeah, it adds like, up wow, fast. Holy smokes. If I could just watch one Netflix show, that would almost pay for one rental. Well, so here's the... Here's the reason I'm mentioning these, right? So if uh, I were to get rid of HBO Now and Netflix, I could get Hulu, which may mm-hmm. serve the place of both, in essence, and still save us uh, like $9 yeah. a month. Um, and these are the kind of gyrations, though, that you do. Like, I can get rid of Sanebox, but that's how I save but a lot really, of time. Let's let's just be frank. If you're really stressed out under crunch because stuff you got away. laid off, yeah. you'd, you would cut all of it. You'd freak out. I mean, I know I would. Yep. I'd freak out. I'd cut everything. All this is done. We are now uh, going to watch the videos that we already have. We're not paying for any any repeating services or anything and cut way, way back because at that point, you're scared. Right. Right? Like you're, you're operating out of fear. Even though you've done your experiment, you would probably still cut all that stuff. Well, I think that's what's been good in doing this, right? Uh, knowing that we can live in this. So the purpose of this experiment was not ultimate belt tightening, which is that fearfulness you're talking about. Sure. What I'm saying is, can we live on pretty much a similar lifestyle that we're living now with obviously some making some cuts and see how low I can get that what I need to earn as a new job down to. Um, because I, you're right. Like we could probably live on just her salary, but it would mean all the things I just talked about would go away. The restaurant budget would be, you know, enough to go out to Burger King or something like that. Yeah. You know, like this stuff, the, the way, actually, to be honest, that's so, kind of the way I grew up when I was a kid. That's what we did. We had none of, no subscription crap. And she, our, our fancy meal was my dad would take us to Burger King and it was like the best yeah. meal ever. I loved it. You know, Every, yeah. like once a year we would go to Sizzler. It was real and fancy. And get, and get all you can eat salad bar. That was awesome. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. I, I popped open my, I keep all my subscriptions listed in a, in a numbers uh, spreadsheet and I have a column here called type and I okay. have next to each of these whether I consider it optional utility or um, critical 
And, and the idea behind this was exactly what we were talking about. I wanted to know if I needed to come in and like flush everything down the toilet, like all the expenses I had, which ones would I really want to stop and think about getting rid of? So like <clears throat> Dropbox, I use it. I have tons of stuff in it. If I needed to cut it, it I would be fine. But what, what but, would you do? Because that's the question I was just going to ask. <clears throat> if you had to get rid of the two that I have a question about to ask you is... Are backup services enough for you to continue paying for? And what about Dropbox? So Backblaze is still 50 bucks a month. I would probably flush all of that and just maintain my own backup service through my Synology, which I already own, that's already been paid for. And granted, that's not an offsite. I I have separate offsites already where I've backed up my photos to an, a physical disk, and I keep that in a in a desk drawer outside of my house. And I have another one actually that I keep in my car, which is really crazy. But, um, but that's because the only thing super critical to me are I have financial documents and I have my photos and everything else. If I'd lost it all, I, I would be fine. Like, let's, let's be honest. I don't need those gifts. I don't <laughs> like my music. I could reconstruct or not worry about or wouldn't care. Um, so I would probably not keep Backblaze. I have it here as optional. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. The, the the thing that would kill me is Dropbox because I use it for so much. But I think backup services would go. SaneBox, which I use but, for my email. But frankly, Dropbox losing Dropbox wouldn't kill you. You, you use it mm. and it's convenient. But there was a time when you didn't have it. Yes, but I'd have to think long and hard about what I would have to do to replace it be honest because it, it i keep a lot of stuff in there that's, sure that's, you know i understand but it would it I would understand. probably be synology and it, with no job i'd be able to figure out how to make synology uh, you know accessible where i need it or you would use things like icloud a lot more and you know like i have it like here a normal I would, person i would get rid of itunes match um, my icloud storage i'd cut it way back uh which they've been cutting the price back anyway so that's good uh, I would not renew my Pinboard archive account. Um, in fact, I can't remember renewing that last time, but uh, I just renewed I mine. Still have it. Um, I have an Amazon cloud storage account now, which is fifty bucks. That actually is a pretty good deal if you're going to also back up all your stuff to it. Uh, in comparison to something like Backblaze or even Dropbox, I would definitely yeah, drop uh, Newsblur, which is you know feed news feeds um i subscribed one month to a uh it's called wrestling observer um i'd probably get rid of that don't, don't laugh probably you're not you're not positive but probably no, I'd definitely get rid of that um amazon prime i think we would get rid of um and we would probably yeah. do something like a bj's account in its stead like because we don't have one like that now we don't have any of oh, those sure. places but I figured we'd be probably shopping cheaper and trying to save money there. Yeah, well, shopping at BJ's and Costco is not necessarily cheaper, I got to tell you. Yeah, probably not. That's it's why we don't have one now. Um, Pinboard, I would probably keep because it's only two. It's like 12 my bucks coffee, a year or something. My coffee is about 700 My to- coffee subscription through Hotbox is $725 a year. Mama that, mia. Right? I mean, when you put it in those terms... It's pretty stupid. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah, mine is five hundred and four dollars. And when I'm out of coffee, bottle. I'm really bummed. Like, I, it really does. Like, it's something I'm like, oh man. Like this morning, we didn't have coffee. I had tea, and I enjoyed my cup of tea. But I really wanted that, like, really delicious Rich, coffee. Yeah, yeah. five hundred and whatever dollars for for my coffee per year, and it is one of my biggest expenses but also one of my most enjoyable and daily expenses the other ones are kind of like eh, you know um yeah there's a lot of stuff just we could have a whole podcast just on this one category of like recurring payments and stuff like that maybe we could talk about it someday if this doesn't you know get the job done but i think (laughs) there's a lot of these things that can go away but it's this balance of yeah, but my wife likes it. Or yeah, but my kids use it. Or yeah, you know. oh, very true. That's why I'm just suggesting adding that column where you do the you do like the hard decision up front because the reality is, yeah, your wife likes it, but if you were out of work, like she would everybody that would probably agree. Heartbeat. Like yeah. that's fine. Get rid of Netflix, man. That's no big deal at all. Um, where our income just got cut, 
get rid of it. Yeah, and she's actually said that to me. Like, if we if we want to do this experiment and do the ultimate belt tightening, we can cut all of that stuff and really do it. And that really wasn't the goal for me for this one. But, you know, maybe the next experiment is living for a few months. Uh, you know, so here's a question for you. And then we'll talk about this beard that we had. Um, is there a time of year where it's more amenable for you to do this experiment than others, if you were to do it? Mm, well, I don't believe in the whole New Year's resolution thing. I think that's, well, I believe in it. It exists. People I guess I mean it. more I think, from expenses I think it's not valuable. during a certain time expenses, of year. Expenses, uh, if you want to be realistic, do it right around the time that you're planning uh, to buy Christmas presents. <laughs> because I think, yeah. I think Christmas presents really throw a lot of things for a loop of like, I really wasn't planning to, well for Christmas for many years. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah, well, uh, Christmas will cost us a couple hundred dollars. It's like, who are you kidding? Yep. You know, that's like Christmas is going to cost overall way more than that. Especially by the time you, you put in wrapping paper or Amazon gift wrapping, <laughs> extra expenses exactly, on yeah, things, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, so... I don't know. You know what? Just just do it when there's a time when it, you're not going to give up on it. That would be my recommendation. Yeah. I, if you think you're going to have a hardship because of something's going, like if you if you're getting ready to have a baby, bad time to do it. Right. Or if you have a vacation coming up, bad time to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, bad time. You know, it's uh, unless you do this kind of say, you know, we have a chunk of money that's set aside for the vacation. That's our budget for it, and we can't go over that because it screws up the experiment. Like maybe the exp- the, the expense of vacation, because a lot of people just go crazy on vacation, but you can go on vacation and, and we actually actually did go on one and it was pretty reasonable for what we ended up spending and what we did. So, I mean, I think that helps just ground you and keep you focused on this stuff. And I yeah. and so the other thing I'm hoping to come out of this is similar to how I saw things like the Fitbit and my Apple Watch and stuff, which is all I'm doing is gathering data points. I'm not looking to, to make the most accurate picture because I thought I saw there's some lawsuit against Fitbit because their data was slightly off or something like that. And I'm like, brother, that's not what we're doing here. Like if you miss a step and sue Fitbit because you took 39 steps and recorded 38, um, all I'm trying to find is a directional number. Right. And so I think as a result, but what's it, only if it's actionable, that's, that's the part that bugs me about most of the fitness tracking stuff is if it's, if you don't have an action plan behind it, then you're just hoarding data. Like, well, I think to me, that's no different than clipping magazines and keeping them in a binder. Well, I think what it does though, is um, it opens your eyes to things that you weren't noticing before. And I think that's useful. And I think this budget experiment was useful for that too, right? So the budget experiment was useful because, well, you know what? If I really need to cut this expense out, it can go. And I can hoist this out and this out and this out. And I just, you look at this budget right now as a as a, a bunch of leaks, I guess. Like this uh, Amazon Prime account, this Amazon Prime account is <laughs> kind of a leak. <laughs> that's a great analogy though, Jeff. But if you don't, if you don't plug your leaks then you just know where all the leaks are, I guess. What, what, what was your long-term outcome of this experiment? Other than you, you alleviated some stress, but it sounds like you maybe replaced it with other stress. Um, I do think that the, the overall outcome was to do two things, reduce stress, which I did somewhat. And the second one was if I needed to find another job, how much would I need to make? Like, so that... Okay, so you gave yourself... Um, Kind of a summary metric, yeah. Of this, this is how much I need to make to maintain my lifestyle, correct, in, in the current fashion. And and that was eye opening from the perspective of it was very very low. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like and that's kind of comforting in a way because oh, it's well, like, ju- did I mention I'm going to be moving? You want to? Uh, <laughs> I'll pay you. You'll pay me to move your furniture around. I'll pay you very very little. No, I think that has to go in ha- hand in hand with it being a very easy job. That'd be ideal. Oh. <laughs> no. Hmm. <laughs> or very part time. Part time. I'm not sure. How's your beer, by the way? It is uh, much less good now that it's warmed up. To be honest, I find it still has a little bit of a creaminess. Maybe it's a um, yeah. Maybe it's the grains that are in it. Um, you know what? It just tastes a lot more bland now that it's warm. And the astringency didn't go away, which I thought it no, might. No, but but a lot like 
I'm not picking up the coffee nearly as, as oh, much I'm still now getting in some the coffee. aftertaste. I'll still get, I still get coffee in this. Mm. It's it could it may not be because it warmed up. It may just be because I've you know drank half the glass. It could be. So. Uh, this it's it's striking me much more like a creamy cocoa iced coffee at this point, which I don't mind. Yeah, no, it is it is uh, much more like an iced coffee than I think most people would appreciate. There's still a little bit of that foamy head on mine too. I have a little bit of around the edges. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Um, what's the ABV on this? Because I don't really get any alcohol burn or anything. Oh, so it's five point eight. Yeah, it, not bad not at bad. all. It's a, it's it's not exactly a uh, a day. I to wouldn't drink. get it again. Like uh, that's what it comes down to. I give it a C minus, C minus, or a C plus. Yeah, I'd give, it, give a it a C plus. plus. That's exactly what I was going to give it's it. A, it's a, it's okay, forgettable. I wouldn't be disappointed. I'm not disappointed. I had it, but I wouldn't wouldn't have it again on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> it's not by accident you had it. <laughs> I mean, if somebody gave it to me, you know, at a party, here you go, check this out, nitro. Uh, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, so. Uh, have you had any good beers? This I always surprise you with this, and I did it again. But uh, have you had any killer beers this week? You bastard! <laughs> you total bastard! What was All the right. one I had last night? We were supposed to say, save for the show. Uh, Shorts. Humilupalicious. Uh, what was say that again? Humilupalicious. Humilupalicious. Hum, hum, yeah, close so enough. We were supposed to do it for the show, but. Uh, I don't There's know. A our slight mix our tracking system was out of whack, and I texted you, and you didn't get the message, and so yeah, you had already I just opened drank it. it. You had a little bit of a hair trigger, though. It was like, hey, do we have this for the show? Too late. Opened yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. So the three so I had you this have? week. Uh, one is a Hellas, H E L L E S. That's the style, but the Hellas, title of the beer yeah. is called Hellas Other People. Uh, by, <laughs> nice <laughs> by tired hands. Um, nice, nice, that was a nice. B plus. I thought that was pretty That's good. A great, great name. <laughs> and then I had two. Actually, I went to to the local pub last night, and they had. It's funny because I love going to that place because as I'm walking in, the people who work there are like, "Try the," because they know the beers I like. So they're like, "Try the Space Dust by Elysian," and and I yeah. did, and it was really good. And then uh-huh. uh, the Citrus by Funk Brewing Company, also really good. They were both Bs, yeah. and um, the Hellas Other People was a B plus. Um, and uh, nice. Yeah. So those all sound good. Not a crazy beer uh, week, but that's all right. And now I've been drinking a lot less beer, partly because of budgeting. Yeah, so. budgeting. Um, but you can imagine buying a house is uh, really expensive and really screws up your budget. My my so. uh, my. I'm drinking less beer mainly for calorie budgeting, actually, at this that's point. A, that's another good <laughs> reason to budget, yeah. Um, and so uh, we're about to go on an experiment today to Tired Hands Brewing Fermentaria. So that's uh, I'll have some stuff yeah, to report yeah. next week. You saved up that. The, are you using the envelope method for beer? The, uh, it, we have a very big surplus <laughs> this month. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, nice. your, enjoy your weekend. Later, See dude. You, man. Bye. Bye.